0: Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I am your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom Maureen Hoff. This episode I'm going to be talking about the 100% truth of what our cuties transition from cast to the B&B 23 hour wear was. I know I already did a podcast that was really about Focused on the first week of the B B transition and the logistics and tips and practical stuff. So if you're looking for more of that and you're kind of wanting more detailed information and less experience, then that might be a good place for you to start. Because this episode is really just going to focus on the honest, real truth of our struggles and then how we maintain to how we manage to stay consistent and survive. I am battling a little bit of a cold which I've been battling for like a week now and so my voice might be a little bit off at moments so I but I figured I never have any quiet time to record so I'm just going to go for it. So I wanted to preface by saying like I'm not going to pretend like this isn't a podcast where I'm going to give you answers to your questions or solutions or kind of That's not what this really is. This is more me sharing my experience and hoping that if you are struggling, that you can relate to our experience and know that you're not alone. That if you are struggling, that that can be a very real experience. And then if you're not struggling, then maybe this episode is helpful for you to know kind of what you're missing out on. Because I'm going to try to keep it really real about how difficult it was for us. But I will also say a few things that we um, found that were really beautiful during that time. And that was really just true, like the true beauty of life in those moments. And that's kind of how we stayed consistent throughout. But I want you to know that it's also, a this episode is really deeply personal to us and specific to our cutie. So I'm not looking to give you guys solutions for your problems. It's more like commiseration, but also just kind of going, this is how we worked through it and what what we saw on the other side of it. So back when I was pregnant with my cutie, and I joined the Clubfoot Facebook group, so if I, which I've talked a little bit about in the book and also um, on previous podcasts, there were two main types of posts that scared me the most. Okay, so this is me learning about Clubfoot, doing all the research, trying to figure out what I was in for. And the first type was, of course, the casting gone wrong. Pictures, photos, people who were having major issues with the casting not being done correctly and then searching for advice and tips and help, like help from people that that really scared me into action to going, okay, this can be really serious. While the Ponsetti method is a universal method, it also um, can go wrong if it's not done correctly. So that was a really big eye opener and scary. And then the second type was the struggle that people had when they were transitioning to Boots and bar. Now, I will say I paid less attention to those because when I was pregnant, I was like, yo, that's far off in the future. Like, I'm not going to sit here. I'm panicked enough about the cast and the correction and all the tenotomy. Like, I was worried enough about that that I didn't even really think about the boots and bar. But then think, I remember specifically times where I would read posts and I would go, oh, Lord, like, what am I in for? Like, I don't know what I'm in for. But then I would kind of just almost compartmentalize that and go, okay, well, I'll get there when I get there, which was probably helpful, but also didn't really help when I was actually prepared. I thought, well, maybe my baby, you know, it's kind of like when you convince yourself, like maybe this baby will be a good sleeper. Um, Maybe my baby won't have a trouble. And I think there are a lot of clubfoot or at least some clubfoot babies out there that really ease into the transition to boots and bar. And I think that that's awesome. So it's not a struggle for everybody. Um, But that was not our experience. So she had, our cutie had a tonotomy. And uh, I think her last cast after the tonotomy was on for about two and a half weeks. And after that, she was scheduled for her two-month, eight-week vaccinations. And I think for the the next day, like literally the day after we got the casts off, And I remember calling my pediatrician, and I was just like, there's no way. Like, I can't bring her in here after, because her legs were still swollen, and they were just out of the cast. And I was like, she's been through enough, so we ended up delaying those, and it was... um, I don't know when it really started the struggle. I think it was our anxiety for the B&B too of like going, I don't know if I'm doing this right. I don't know if I'm putting the boot on. Is it tight enough? It's not tight. Am I doing the stretches wrong? Why is she crying so much? She seems very fussy. I think there was just a lot of overwhelm in that first week. Um, And then the red marks on her heels started to appear. And almost immediately. I think she had too small of a boot, too small of boots, and I had to go and get a bigger pair of boots, and or no, it was the opposite. Uh, They were too big, and I had to go get a smaller pair. So anyways, there was some sort of friction that was causing those red marks, which I was just convinced were going to turn into blisters, and it just became very stressful. The trying to get the boots on tight enough Trying to get it into a heel window, which I didn't really know enough about, and really, and, but also making sure that it wasn't causing more issues in making it into a blister. So there was just a lot going on. And I didn't feel confident. My husband didn't feel confident. We didn't know what we were doing. So we were floundering big time for those first few weeks. She was still sleeping at that point relatively well. So she slept pretty well through um, casting and up through the first like two to three weeks of Boots and Bar. Then she got her immunizations and it was like something about that. We had delayed those and after the shots plus the B&B or, and I think she hit like this new growth spur all at the same time. And all of a sudden there was no more sleep. She wasn't sleeping at all. She was waking up. I mean, multiple times a night. And we, slash me, really struggled with letting her figure it out on her own when when she was so young. But also, you know, the guilt factor of going like, ah, like, how can she sleep in this? It's so hard. And trying, doing everything we possibly can to console her. I was nursing her several times a night. And I was also uh bouncing her on an exercise ball for i think literally hours on it because it was the only thing that would really keep her calm. She needed like constant movement. And you can only like stand and rock for so long and the rocking chair wasn't enough. It needed to be kind of this harder bounce. So my husband and I spent a lot of time on that exercise ball and so the sleep was really difficult, and it didn't really get better for a long time, even after she transitioned um, at, to, like, the 18-hour wear. As she transitioned down, I didn't really, really get better until she was 10 to 12 months old, where she was starting to sleep in longer stretches. So that became a real reality. And she was also, like, just really crabby. Like, she just wasn't happy when I was sitting. She wasn't happy when I was standing. She wasn't happy when I was rocking her. She wasn't ever happy in the baby carrier, which was such a lifesaver for me with my second child. So she wouldn't, I mean, I think I bought three different baby carriers and I was committed to trying and she just couldn't stand it. And I was so worried about her hip placement in it. And I just, we just couldn't get it together. I just couldn't figure it out. And she was semi-happy in the stroller, but sometimes I would have to like rock her car seat while trying to uh, push the stroller at the same time. It was, I just remember a lot of movement and noise and singing and trying to do whatever I could to keep her happy, which felt like a very... um futile experience. I just don't know if she was ever fully happy. And I will say that she also has that temperament. Like that, I think it was combined. It wasn't just the Boots and Bar. And honestly, I don't know if it was the Boots and Bar really at all. I think it was just her. And I think she would have been kind of a cranky baby anyways. Um, But I think the Boots and Bar didn't help. And I think the lack of sleep on my end... Almost just exemplified it more, and it was also summer. So right when she transitioned to boots and bar, it was like I don't know two weeks into the summer vacation. So I had two other little girls home full time, no nanny, no babysitter. It was just me with my club cutie. My husband was at work all the time, and my two older girls. And I will tell you, I still to this day will call it the summer of TV. I mean, we watched, or maybe Screen Summer would be a better one if I think about it now. Yeah, Screen Summer. We spent so much time watching shows. And we watched them together. But we watched everything from Free Rain on Netflix to um, all of the American Ninja Warriors, which I can tell you I have i don't think I've even watched another episode of that <laughs> since then but like whatever family oriented thing that was kid appropriate for us to watch we watched and we spent so much time because I held her for almost every single nap I rarely put her down because she wouldn't sleep for a long stretch so while I was holding her while she was sleeping I had these other two kids who were um, six and four and they were pretty self-sufficient when needed, but also not. I mean, they weren't, you know, 12 and 10, they were six and four. So um I just remember feeling a lot of guilt about their summer too. It feeling like it was just, we were all locked in this house, super stressed, like the most stressful summer, but also not doing anything. We didn't go on any vacations. We didn't, Um, go to the pool a lot because, you know, our cutie couldn't really get in the pool because she had to have her boots on for so long. And we were always, you know, trying to bank the free time and the schedule of the free time and when she could do it and when she was out and, um, was just a lot. And then trying to manage my other daughter's feelings and emotions and, you know, give them some experiences was really, it was really hard too. And so I think the summer aspect of it didn't necessarily help in our end. And I think that other, so other than the red marks on our heels, which was really stress inducing for me, we went and saw her PT here once because I was just like, I don't know what to do about these. And he um, helped us with kind of putting on, I think, Uh, We used duoderm a lot and we used some moleskin. And for us, we had used almost too much. We had like doctored it up too much that it was causing more friction. So it was causing more harm than actually making it comfortable. So like to this day, we don't do anything else to the boot. We just like leave the boot as is because otherwise um, from that experience, it seemed to cause more problems for us. But everybody's skin is different and every baby's skin's different. So I think that was a learning experience for us. I thought, oh, this other clubfoot mom did this, so maybe that'll work for ours. When in reality, I didn't realize how different everybody's experience was. So while we're all kind of in this together, there are differences in our experiences because our kids are different and their needs are different and their skin's different. And so we just have to, I think, I wish I would have been more mindful of that. I wish I would have known, like, okay, so what that might have worked for them, but maybe that's not going to work for us. Um, So I think the red marks really didn't help with my anxiety, but my anxiety was also a lot about her correction of her feet. I was convinced that maybe her feet weren't fully corrected and I needed a second opinion. And so we scheduled that appointment, but that appointment was almost at the end of our 23-hour wear. And so I spent a lot of time really concerned that she that her feet weren't fully corrected. Um, my husband didn't. He was like, no, I think they're good. I think they're good. And so he spent a lot of time kind of reassuring me, but I would send pictures of her feet to my other club foot mom friends and be like do these look normal and they'd be like yes I think they look good but even that until I had heard from our second doctor who's now our current doctor until I had heard from him I I didn't really trust myself and I think that was a big part of just the transition in general for us is that I didn't trust myself I didn't know what I was doing I didn't feel comfortable and Going back, if I could tell myself one thing, it would be just listen to yourself and trust what you've done, the research that you've done on, in, in your feelings. Trust your gut. In your gut, did I really think that anything was wrong? No. I think that in the end, it was a lot of everything. The stress, the overwhelm, the exhaustion that just fueled this anxiety about her feet. So and then it was all the time at home and how cranky she was and you know it was all the things that really added to that but i wish i would have been able to tell myself like you will know and you will feel um if something is not the way it should be so it was it was difficult but i was able to find a few things like I found out, I'm like way more resilient than I ever thought I was. Like I know my cutie's super resilient, but like that summer taught me how much I can handle without um, like fully breaking. Now I'm not saying I didn't break because I had a few moments. Like trust me, but I wasn't broken at the end of it. I really, um, I didn't. I didn't give up. I kept going, and I was really consistent the whole time no matter what I really believed in the Ponsetti method and I believed in having you know kind of adhering to the schedule so that she was consistent and it was consistent and I'm hopeful that that's that that has paid off I think our cutie has never once complained about putting her boots on she um I think it just became her normal life and I think a lot of that was due to the how consistent we were and she just doesn't know any different um but maybe maybe not I don't know I mean as far as that's just our experience but I think I also um there were a few things that like were really special during that time and one of them was bath time because bath time was like you know, non-existent with the cast, right? Like, yes, you'd go, like, we got to take a bath at the hospital. I know not everybody gets to do that, but our cutie in between cast got to have a full bath. But for those weeks during cast, like, they never did it. So it was really interesting to, um it was really special to have her be able to take a bath when during her free time. And I loved I loved the bath time and she loved bath time. So I think that was what was really helpful too. Cause some cuties really struggle with bath time after they get their cast off cause their skin are so sensitive, but she didn't, she loved it. So we would bank extra free time for bath nights because we didn't do a bath night every night because her skin was still so new and fresh. And so we didn't do it every night, but on those nights they were really special. And I think also just the bond that we developed during stretches, like both my husband and I spent a lot of time kind of distracting her slash singing to her, doing that while we were doing her uh, physical therapy. And that was really a time that we got to spend like a one-on-one time with her and was really dedicated and I I didn't really get that with my other two babies. So it was really, it that was really special too. And then just free time in general. Like I don't think anybody knows the joy of watching their kids kick their feet, their babies kick their feet more than like a club foot parent, right? During that free time and 23 hour wear and you watch your cutie explore with their feet, it's just so joyful, and we actually bought one of those um, play mats that had the piano at the end for her feet, and so she would kick it and it would play the music. And uh, we, I, those songs, I still remember the songs on that, and that piano, I will never get rid of because it was so special to that acute time in our lives, and the music that it played was different than the other music that we had but was so particular to that time in our lives and it was really special and i think i'm going to end this episode by reading a section of my book the clubfoot chronicles and it's going to be in, at the very end of chapter two, which is all about transitioning to Boots and Bar, which I think is just a good way to wrap up this podcast. So it says the initial transition to B&B is most likely going to be the most confusing, overwhelming and exhausting portion of the clubfoot correction journey. As with most things, it will get easier the more time you and your cutie have dealing with the complexities of the B&B. It was incredibly difficult to watch our cutie struggle to adjust to the B&B and try to manage our anxiety about our own ability to handle it all. Like us, you may deal with endless questions, minimal support, anxiety about skin issues, and sleepless nights, but it is vital that you don't give up. You have to remember all the hard work you and your cutie put in during those weeks of casting and that your end goal is to maintain that correction no matter what. When I felt an overwhelming desire to give up and just take a break from the B&B, if only for just a few hours, I thought about how far we have come together and about how bright her future will be with pain-free, fully functioning feet. The moment my daughter was born, the Beatles song, Blackbird, came to my mind, and during her first casting appointment, I sang it to her as her doctor was applying the cast. It stayed with me as we struggled through the first months of B&B, and I would sing it to her in moments of strife in order to soothe her. My cutie is that blackbird who was born with broken wings and was waiting for the moment those fixed wings would help her learn to fly. It was my job to keep her wings in the best condition possible so when her moment comes, she will use them to fly anywhere her heart desires. It's your job to do the same for your cutie too. And you can do it. Just keep calm and brace on. So that's it. That's the good, the bad, and the 100% real of our struggle during the transition to b As always, thank you for listening, and please follow and share this episode if you liked it or found it helpful. And if you would like to get in contact with me directly, you can at my website at maureenhoff.com or on my Instagram account at clubfootchroniclesmom. Until next time.